Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 233. Once again, you've got Chris and Brian, and this time around, we're going to talk about what we call flying the plane uh, versus flying the map and kind of how skill sets get layered with increasing amounts of complexity. Uh, and then if you can't do the first one correctly, um, you're going to have even more challenges when you get to the second one. Absolutely. Um, guys, I'm going to start with a real quick PSA. Uh, we had, an, a, by the time you hear this, it probably would have been a couple months. Uh, we had an ATF inspection about two months ago at this point, as you're hearing this. Uh, one of the things that we learned in the inspection has created uh, some changes in our procedures here. So those of you who, has all, who have always enjoyed being able to do a, a firearms transfer with a concealed carry permit and not have to wait around for a background check or a possibility of delay and stuff like that. Um, unfortunately, we have changed that policy that we are no longer doing CHL transfers uh, for firearms or purchases or purchases either one. If you're fire, if you're buying or transferring a gun, we're going to have to run a background check every time now. Uh, reason for this is changing ATF policy. Basically, if you have a mistake on a CHL transfer, uh, they are putting you out of business. Uh, we have a couple local gun stores that are no longer in business because of it. Um, and we were lucky, fortunate enough that our paperwork's pretty clean, so we got through it without any problems, but it is something that the ATF is doing uh, as a rule change over the last year and a half under the Biden administration, and there are some guys working for the ATF who um, are really going pretty hardcore after this, but it is not a discretionary thing for the guy doing the audit. If, if you've got an error on a CHL, it is an automatic license revocation. So. Uh, just a heads up on that. If you come in, I apologize for the inconvenience. Even though the state of Ohio allows it, uh, the ATF has put us in a place where it's not worth the risk um, to do that. So we are no longer doing those. We're doing everything with a next background check. So sorry for any inconvenience, but just a little PSA on that there. Yeah. Uh, one of those things, if you don't like it, write your Congress critter and yes. Yes. complain to them. We can't yes. do anything about it. And even if you do like it, still write your Congress critter and complain to them because it is a significant amount of BS um, that, you know, basically the ATF wants a NICS check done on everything and the state of Ohio has said, and the original law said that they could make provisions within the states for exceptions like this if you've had a background check run recently, such as under a CHL, um, but the ATF has decided they're going to use this as another hammer uh, to put gun stores out of business. And so, unfortunately, we are changing our policy due to that because it's just not worth the risk for us. So, uh, sorry for any inconvenience, but that's where we're at. So. Flying the plane. Yeah. Uh, for anybody who's done any flying or watched flying movies uh, or played flying video games, you'll know that like one of the first things you tend to do is you, you get when you get control of the plane, uh, you tend to get it in a big, huge, open cube of yeah. air with yeah. nothing to run into. Yeah. Uh, where you learn how to actually fly the plane and make the plane stay level and turn and go up and go down just enough to be able to go back up again yeah. uh, but not crash into anything well um, you learn how to maintain yeah. enough speed to maintain enough lift to make the surfaces the, do what they're supposed to make do the plane fly exactly versus you know if you're when you first start in that environment it's really easy to out turn your wings um it's really easy to to out climb your lift surface areas and things of that nature in your power yeah. Um, etc. And so, you know, it, you start off with the basics of making the thing stay airborne, create lift by moving air surfaces under and over the wings at differential rates, and keep the thing in the air in a very basic sense. Yeah. Yeah. That would be your foundation. That would be your, yeah. that would be your beginning. 
Yeah, after that, uh, one of the important things is to be able to get from point A to point B. Yeah. Uh, again, in a great big wide open box. Yes. Uh, so that, that's basic navigation. So now we're flying the plane from point A to point B. That might be from, you know, just a point on the map or a pair of GPS coordinates or from one airfield to another. Yeah. Uh, after that, things get stacked on like taking off and landing. Yep. Uh, and then eventually we have to deal with things like terrain. Yeah. Uh, so mountains, exactly. hills, radio towers, um, all that kind of stuff. If you're flying at a lower level. Yeah. Potentially other uh, aircraft, you know. Yeah. Uh, but all these things happen in a very logical progression. Yes. Uh, because trying to do, do this stuff out of order uh, generally involves bad things happening. Yeah. Uh, and with airplanes, you don't get to have bad things happen yeah. very many times. Yeah. So guys, as a, as a quick example of this, um, I got an opportunity to play around in a simulator for a Boeing 707 many, many years ago, 30-ish years ago, um, just as a treat, kind of a, you know, uh, and so got to sit down and it, it, exactly what we're talking about, you know, the, planes, the plane does just fine straight and level up high. It can go really, really high, so you don't have to worry about bumping into things like mountains. Um, or, you know, a geese can still be an issue at crazy high altitudes, we found out later. Um, but there's a reality check around, you know, once you're, once you're in the continental United States, once you're above about 20,000 feet, there's not anything for you to hit anywhere, uh, period, end of conversation. So you can, you know, just kind of go and do your thing. Rolling the plane out off the ground has a checklist, and it's pretty easy to do as well, as long as nothing weird happens, crosswinds, um, any kind of shear or anything like that. Um, and you have enough runway to do it in a calm fashion, um, you know, so taking off, again, that next skill set, not a big deal. Then you get to the point of landing the plane. Now that's where stuff gets interesting. Uh, landing a plane, um, even with the sim giving you a 10,000 foot runway, uh, which for a good pilot is enough to do a touch and go, take off and a touch and go again in a 707. They don't do it, but it's enough room to do what they needed to. And a really good pilot could probably touch it three times and still fly off the other end. Um, I crashed it three times <laughs> before it, it, you. So again, that's exactly what we're talking about. You know, yeah. as you start getting into these things, there's a lot more going on. It gets more and more and more complex. And there's again the stacking of skill sets, the stacking of how we go after achieving the different things that we want to know how to do. There's a progression to it, and we talk a lot about that. And you'll often hear me compliment Brian about our training nights and say, "Hey, you know, the, these. It wasn't just the drills that we did." there are a lot of good drills out there but it's the progression of those drills to get you from one place to the next to set a foundation whether that foundation is for the very beginnings of learning how to run a gun just shoot a gun just line up the sights and press the trigger in a safe fashion or if it's trying to stack something like tactics movement etc on top of it and then all the way up to the highest echelon of that which would be actually being in a gunfight where it all has to come together pretty quickly or it none of it really matters yeah. Um, it's the exact same critical mass kind of conversation. So, fun, fun. Yeah, yeah. One of the, you know, the reason we bring up the this flying analogy yeah. uh, is that to, to truly understand, you know, how to do all the things, like the basics have to be mastered yep. to a subconscious level, um, which is one of the, the things that I think most of the guys we shoot with have come to realize that, oh, all the things I thought I could do really well, I actually can't. Yeah. Uh, and then being able to, to kind of take a bunch of steps backwards and perfect that stuff 
in that big wide open cube of space mm. yeah and strictly worry about the fundamentals so that all of the mental processing can can be spent there yeah and on those really basic things um to again to ingrain that those skill sets to the subconscious level uh, so that when we can we have opportunities to start stacking tasks um be that movement be that working corners uh, multiple targets assessing threats like you know yeah target discrimination yeah. um shoot no shoot simulate uh simulation or scenario type stuff yeah uh, that the marksmanship piece and the gun handling piece is there without thinking about it yeah um when you when you guys think in terms of uh, you know let, let's put it in terms of like a, a movie type environment where you take somebody that's in an extremely high skill level within a movie and yes there's some falsehood within the movie that you know the, the good guy almost never misses and the bad guy always misses and blah 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 but if there are some examples out there now of actual good gun, good gun handling realistic fights things of that nature um, ammunition management um, you know working through structures and things of that nature if you pick out one of those good examples of a movie and you watch how people do the things they do that are supposed to be that are being portrayed as high-level operators those dudes they're not thinking about the gun they're not thinking about the safety they're not thinking about the sights that stuff is so far in their subconscious it's not even funny um, and they've earned it they've they've absolutely paid the dues to get there via reps upon reps upon reps upon reps upon reps upon reps uh, there's a reality check that as a, as a cake-eating civilian you may not have the resources be that time be that money um, be that a place to train that allows you to do some of those more high-level things um, but what you do have is an opportunity to do super 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 fundamental stuff and lay the foundation so that as you do get opportunities in a safe environment under good training to learn these higher level skills that you have something like shooting a gun nailed down really well something like reloading a gun we talk about how little time we spend on reloading a gun you've got that hammered down um, one of the things that if you follow defensive firearms training and especially tactical firearms training for law enforcement at a high level right now um, the, the 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 that beast has been awakened by a group of guys that are they're older guys now but when they got into it they were younger guys and they're looking for a better way to do things that's what we're preaching to you are the new firearms usage methodologies um, you know shooting uh, predictively shooting reactively talking about sight confirmations and things of that nature talking about really getting the proper grip on the gun so that the skeletal muscular alignment is there using your eyes to see what's going on and training your eyes as much as you're training your trigger finger kind of mentality so that you can stay with the target um, you can transition find the next target or find the same target as it moves through time and space and accurately put rounds very 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 rapidly onto where it needs to go um, when you start doing these things that that foundation those foundational shooting skills doing that reset like a lot of us are doing right now to the newer yeah. way of thinking um, is is giving a lot of us an opportunity to go back and say hey let's relay this foundation um, and I think that as we play out into adding movement adding multiple targets and stuff like that everything's going faster and cleaner once the foundation's there but if the foundation's not there if you still don't have the good master grip on the gun you're still not target focused and able to work with enough sights whether it's irons or a dot or whatever um, and, and you can't drive the trigger straight to the rear even under speed because you haven't paid your dues and you're not putting your reps in 
you you can't stack other tasks on top of that yeah. and it becomes super 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 apparent the more tasks you stack uh, you know we just went into if you guys are you guys are hearing this now we're probably firmly into we're probably past daylight savings or really close um, to daylight savings change um, we go into a point where uh, part of our training turns into low light training for a couple hours a month and when you start adding things like the light onto the gun you see not the wheels fall off but you definitely see that foundationally it shouldn't be as hard to add that task on as it is because the underlying the underpinnings of that maybe aren't quite where we all thought they were yeah yeah um, we're we're trying to fly the map but we're not quite there at flying the plane yet yeah yeah it matters how you you know it matters your training progression the time you put in the foundational skills that you build getting the gun out of the holster and getting the sights on target getting that good master grip doing your dry fire work doing your vision stuff um, matters because as soon as you stack anything on top of it it is interesting how even those of us that feel like we have a really firm grasp on this stuff the wheels kind of fall off kind of cool well I mean the wheels falling off isn't cool um, being able to realize yeah, that, well, know where stuff, the wheels fall off. You know, yeah. to identify it. How about that? Yeah, being yeah. able to identify it is really important. Yeah. Um, a big part of that is, you know, using the proper targets, um, keeping people accountable. Yes. Um, spending time, you know, pasting up targets and doing, you know, and then making, forcing the shooters to walk through the targets they engaged and see where the rounds went. Uh, that's one of those things that's easy to overlook because everybody's in a hurry to shoot. Yeah. Uh, but there is a ton of learning that happens when you force somebody to walk through what they just did and go, oh, those rounds weren't all where I thought I was, where I thought they were. Yeah. Or why does that one only have three when it's supposed to have eight? Yeah. When you start counting hits versus, oh, well, you know, oh, yeah, I engaged the target. No, you didn't. You know, engaging that you shot at the target, you didn't hit the target. And well, so let's go back to something that recently in a couple of podcasts we talked about. We've got, you know, Mia culpa. Um, I'm pointing my finger at me, um, but I'm also pointing my finger at a couple other guys who know where they, who know who they are. Um, one of the dudes always wears really natty hats. He looks really sharp all the time. Then um, I'm picking on him, and he knows it because we've had this conversation. We talk about shooting the upper A zone with a hostage target, including the bottom half of the A zone. And the hits need to be in the upper A zone, not in the upper thoracic C yeah. or, or in the lower head box on accident because they're not in the upper A zone. Um, and I did this, a few other people did this. And what we were trying to do was not shoot the hostage target. The reality is you were still left with a five by five A zone target that was pretty significant for the distances. It wasn't like it was a massive challenge and just taking a skosh of time to refine the sight picture and drive the trigger and not and not want to just pop, 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 pop across targets and run everything um, with that mentality of everything's a double. Okay, well, it can still be a double. It just might be a slightly slower double. Yeah. Or you might need to lock in your grip a little better, train a little harder, and train your trigger control at speed a little harder and get better rather than cheating off that A zone and going, well, if that hit hits the bad guy here, it's a bad day. Well, that's cool. But if we just put a 5x5 five five plate out there, you would have missed it. It'd have been a mess. Yeah. It'd have been a mic flat out. And and so holding yourself accountable, again, cardboard, pasting, looking at the targets and going, and being honest with yourself, not rationalizing the miss. Um, you know, we talk about, like, when we talk about the, who's it, the X-Ray Alpha, Pranka, near misses, guys that have trained with him, you know, he's like, he'll look at a miss, and if it's 
you know, just off the stitch line. I mean, just off the stitch line. I'm not talking about three inches wide or still in the C. He'll say those are near misses. And then if they're stacked vertically and they're at the very, just at the very tippity top of the A zone, it's like, okay, that's a bad day. I'm, you know, I'm not going to cry about that miss. But when you get down to it, this is a dude who, who shoots like a god. He's a GM level shooter um, and did it at a very high level where, where literally you can't stack any more tasks than this guy stacking. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, in his former job. So there's a mentality around that where I don't care if that guy gives, gives somebody a pass on a near miss because that's, that's the dude. But the reality check is if there was a standard there and you were shooting for time and shooting to be in whatever unit, those wouldn't be near misses. They'd be misses. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, so from a training environment, when you start talking about the amount of rounds you put down range, um, especially somebody like that, you know, they, they get pretty particular about it in the world and they know what's real and what's not. Okay, cool. But if you're some schmo like me, um, you know, I, I run a retail business, you know, so for me, it's like if I'm throwing stuff and going, well, that was, that's a, that's a gimme. That's close enough. Th that would have had effect on target. That would have modified the bad guy's behavior, blah, blah. It's a miss hit the freaking target again that's a progression thing because if you can't do some of those fundamentals static yeah. on the range trying to go fast um then you surely as you start moving in and out of visual barriers you start moving in and out of physical barriers you start moving from target to target transition you start going to low light and adding other stuff to it the wheels start to fall off yeah same with adding things like target discrimination yes um you know partial targets yes um yeah, all that stuff, you know, being able to put rounds exactly where they need to go yeah. is still primary. And and understanding your capabilities. You know, maybe there is that hostage shot and, and it's and I'm running a P three sixty five XL and there's a hostage shot at thirty yards, um, and I have a partial cranium to put a round in. <laughs> I'm not that good, and it's not my job. Hopefully it's not my job. Uh, hopefully yeah. it's not somebody I know that makes it my job. Um, in understanding that at that point now we have a now we have yet another task to add onto that conversation, which is closing with the bad guy in a manner that makes him not engage me or the hostage until I can get within the distance I need to take that shot, if it's realistic and necessary. Yeah, I'm saying that's a pretty small odds conversation, uh, but you get the point. You know, we can all war game a scenario where we need whatever skill it is. Uh, the reality is, if you're if you can't do the fundamentals on the range in a, in a safe, controlled environment, thinking that somehow you're gonna to rise to it, or that somehow magically a rifle's gonna appear in your hands and make it easier, um, is just not realistic. So starting with the foundational skills and working our way up, yeah. learn how to fly the plane. Um, flying the plane includes landing it, includes taking off too. Um, and then at some point, if you're flying the plane at a high level, like Frank or somebody like that, now terrain becomes a really big conversation. Because these yeah. guys, because he's operating map of the earth at Mach 38 or some shit like that, right? I mean, um, at that point, yeah. at that skill level, at the, in that environment, there is not a lot of time to make decisions. There's not a lot of time to figure out how to do something. You either knew how to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, yeah. Training progressions. This kind of stuff's just, I don't know. The, yeah. the theory behind the training has become way more interesting. It's always been interesting to me. It's always been what I've enjoyed doing. But more and more, the more we get into it, this shift to the more modern method, definitely every time I, we talk about this, I feel like a little bit like I'm the old dude who got left behind and is trying to catch up. So, Yeah, I mean, there was definitely, you know, we stepped back 10 years, 
um, in the or 15 years, you yeah. know, in the training, yeah. training world, uh, you know, there's definitely a focus on go do all the cool guy stuff. Uh, but not necessarily have the skills to be able to actually do the work. Entertainment. Yeah, entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. think tactical fantasy band camp was one yeah. way to describe it. Yep. Uh, and not not to say that the skills, you know, be able to do that skill set or do those things isn't fun. Yeah. Um, it's definitely entertaining. Um, definitely stuff to be learned there. Yeah. Uh, but the having the marksmanship skills to be able to actually do the work in the environment. Yeah. Uh, it's super important too, uh, because being able to do one without the other, you're kind of you only got half the capabilities you need. So the Air Force, without the ability to put bombs on the target, is simply another un- un- unscheduled airline. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, literally. Yeah. So I mean, it's the same conversation. So that's pilots go through, you know, Air Force and, and naval aviators, uh, Marine pilots, Marine aviators go through thousands of hours of training. To, to again to where the flying the plane secondary where understanding of how far the earth is because the earth will reach up and kill you at at, at 300 miles an hour or faster yeah very 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 quickly especially when you outrun your 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 surface controls um so you know you it's the same conversation you know you're looking at that it's just you know i think where we need to be i think we can be competent and and i'm saying competent is 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 b class Oh, yeah. civilian shooter super competent, competent. Super, super competent, competent. would be b class um chasing b class you know we're chasing b class and and the guys but the guys who fly for the marine corps especially nap of the earth at mach 38 um are are literally the best out there the guys who shoot as gm shooters they're called grand masters you don't just get a grand master tag by showing up and going look look how pretty my gun is you actually have to know how to make it work um i'm i'm saying that b class is a really 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 good thing um, and maybe I'll get there <laughs> someday. <Yeah. laughs> uh, uh, for anybody who doesn't think B class is a really good thing, uh, take one of the the more recent USPSA qualification exercises. Yeah, and then shoot it, and then see where you stack up compared with the like twenty twenty three carry optics times. Yeah, um, and your ego will be crushed. Yeah, um, yeah, that's or, what I'm or, gonna say. Or alternatively. Um, do your dry fire all winter and register with practice score and start yeah. showing up to your local USPSA matches and and watch the old dude who's walking around with the baby cart full of guns and ammo and his, and his water bottle and whatnot um, crush your soul on a stage, you know, and, and walk off and go, you know, well, better luck next time, you know, kind of thing. And you're like, how did that just happen? Um, you know, we have some guys who are yeah. who are super competent, super competent operationally dudes here locally, who go and do these types of matches. They're not winning the match, and that is the sole reason they're there. Is because they found an environment where they can grow and they're going to be challenged and pushed. And so, you know, maybe show up and put it put it all out there. If you think you're that good, um, go go put yourself in the arena. And measure yourself against other people and find out you know and the other thing too is you might you might learn some things from a lot of different angles whether it's shooting whether it's movement uh, whether it's ammo management whether it's stage management uh, we've come to the conclusion I think people at a very high level that 
we, you know, it used to be, oh, well, that's gamership, blah, 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 blah. They're going to a match. That's, that's not real world. They'll get you killed in the streets, blah, BS. You can either shoot the gun or you can't. If you can't drive the gun at a very high level, you will not be competitive. And if you can't drive the gun at a very high level, then you're not as good as you could be out there on the streets when it's trying to get your carcass home and maybe save John Q. Civilian or Susie Q. Civilian, whomever, from whatever threat. And being as good as you can be actually matters at that some point. You're getting paid to do it, so why not? Yeah. Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about putting energy on target very, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, which entails being able to one shoot rapidly and two put those bullets on the target. Yeah. So yeah. So you know that progression thing. I think we've we've spoken so much about the progression of our training on a week to week to month to month to year to year basis, and we've talked a lot about our progression within a couple hour training night or three hundred rounds of training, whatever the case may be, something along that mentality. Um, this is the analogy in case anybody's, you know, has questions or isn't clear because sometimes that does come up in the shop, you know, Hey, when you guys talk about, you know, progression, where's it coming from? Um, by the way, there's a book. Yeah. Practical shooting training by Ben Stager and Joel Park, uh, along with the adaptive rifle book, if you're on the rifle side. Yeah. Um, highly recommend both of those. Um, if you, if you yeah, if you're serious about shooting and you don't have those books, um, you are wrong. You need yep. to get those books. Yeah, and I would say at this stage of the game, um, you know, if, if you're if you're an LEO who's who's serious about the hardware end of the game, um, and, and 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 not saying we need to not worry about the software end of the game, but the hardware end of the game, um, ma- making things work, making guns work, making the tools work. Um, there there are a lot of you out there who are chasing this stuff down and going after it aggressively. These books are the textbooks for the shooting end of it for sure. Um, and I'm sure there's, you know, the defensive tactics end of things. There's some other books out there too that lead you to whether it's jujitsu or some other, you know, grappling art or, or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, but this is for, for the gun that right now, this is the textbook until somebody improves upon it. And it will likely be one of these guys that improves upon it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that is, uh, flying the plane versus flying the map versus flying a low level mission. Yeah. Um, I would love someday to get to the school level of flying a low-level mission, but I feel like maybe I'm a little behind on that. I'll take just being able to land that son of a gun. That's what I want to do. Cool. Yeah. Uh, as we come across interesting things, we try to get them post up to our social media. You can follow us along on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, we're Cap City Outfitters. On Instagram, we're Cap City Outfitters 2. On our website, capcityoutfitters.com, you can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. Also on the website, you can sign up for our email newsletter that comes out once a week on Fridays, or drop us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com, and we will add you to the newsletter list. And then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. We are in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Drill. And we're here Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 5, and Saturdays, 10 to 3. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys.